Welcome to Tomro Talk Circular, where we explore how businesses, municipalities, and governments are collaborating towards a circular economy. For decades, economic growth was almost synonymous with increased production, increased consumption, and the extraction of resources. We, of course, are all aware of the detrimental effects it's had on nature and human health. While environmental sustainability and governance standards, also known as ESG, are not necessarily a new concept, they have significantly reshaped the business landscape over the past few years. According to McKinsey, more than 90% of S&P 500 companies are reporting on SEGs in some form. And there are many reasons why large global players and even small privately owned companies are shifting gears. Sustainability has the potential to reduce costs, increase customer satisfaction, and perhaps most importantly, reduce business risk. So how exactly are companies approaching this? And what does it take to transform products and business operations to become more sustainable? Joining us today is our special guest, Marcin Jeschnik, Global Manager for Industry Segments, Fitness and Recycling at Habasit, along with Alexander Fallo, Senior Mechanical Engineer for Design and System Architecture at Tomer Collection. Together, they have achieved something truly remarkable, and I mean that, and they want to share their story with us to inspire others. Marcin and Alexander, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Miku. Thank you. So Marcin, perhaps we start with you. Before we dive into the details, you are um, one of our suppliers. So let's start with how you know Tomra, and perhaps you can reveal to our listeners how you've been collaborating with us to improve our product sustainability. Yes, sure. So Habasit is a leading global company in conveyor systems, and we've been supplying Tomra collections with high-quality belts for reverse vending machines for many years now. We are also supporting other business divisions in Tomra, and I'm thinking about uh, recycling and food divisions. Looking deeper into RVM's components and materials, one may think that improving a relatively small part, like a belt, is not such a big deal. But small parts can really make a difference. Habasit, with support of my colleague Roy, have worked closely with Alexander and the team at Tomra, and in a result, more sustainable belt was developed with overall part lifetime increased from three months to one year. Three months to one year. That's that's quite a jump. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was significant, yeah. And uh, it's not only about saving on replacement parts, but also lowering the number of service calls and reduced emissions in a reservoir of pure service calls. Of course, less downtimes for uh, the retailers and their customers. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. And of course, the reduction in, in emissions, CO2 emissions, is because of less travel for the service. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. That sounds reasonable and, as you've said, very significant. Yes. Alexander, it sounds like this collaborative partnering has really made, yeah, as we said, a significant difference to the business. Could you explain to our listeners why you've chosen to collaborate with Habasit and how this will help Tomra reach its sustainability goals? Yeah, I can uh, give you a short uh, summary of that because, as uh, stated, Habasit is a key supplier of belts to our products in all divisions of Tomra, mainly, almost every divisions, uh, and we use those belts to convey what we recognize and sort. And as the functionality of belts relates to both service calls and how long it will last, it also relates to energy consumption and 
how often you must clean the belt. So that's why we wanted to look into this because they had so many other aspects of sustainability together with the material because historically material is a laminate of fiber and polymers which often is hard to recycle. So above and beyond the necessary transition to 100% renewable energy, Tomra has committed to using at least 90% sustainable materials and components in all new products. And this we also have uh, stated to reduce operational transport emissions by more than 80% within uh, the next four, five, six years. So how we can make this transition is maybe what I work most with. And if we want to enable our products to be circular at the end of life, we must take a big responsibility. So, but uh, when it comes to machine part, we can take them back for refurbishment, remanufacture, reuse, or recycling. But what we also must do, or what we saw in the sustainability team here in Tomra, was that, that as we as a product owner must take more responsibility for our product, both upstream and downstream to reach these goals. And this is when it came to uh, start uh, identifying suppliers that we could collaborate on that had this greater uh, impact or this wider impact of sustainability, not only on the materials or the energy consumption. That's why we initiated some discussions with Havasid. And actually, we, as Marcin stated, we have a few mini projects going on. Uh, and one of them is actually also to design a conveyor that is more sustainable, that, where we use our expertise on transport of bottles and cans, and Havasit use their expertise on how to build a conveyor, how the belt can function, how to form the belt, and so on. And in the end, all this has a positive domino effect, uh, so our customers also can reach their goals within sustainability, using less energy, less water in cleaning, and will not have the a need to go and visit the machine once uh, every hour to fix something with the belt. So I think that's the why we did it and why what we were thinking of when starting that uh, collaboration with Tabasit specifically. Okay, just a quick uh, clarification question. Are we already, or does Tamra already take uh, the machines back for refurbishment and recycling? Are we already doing this or this is the goal we're working towards? In some extent in, and in some markets we do that, take responsibility of the machines and uh, deliver it to recycling. But this is uh, one of the key things that we are working on to be better on in more of the markets and establishing how that could look like. They're really walking the talk. Yeah. That's very good. That's very good. Okay. Masin. As I mentioned in the introduction, you are, let's see, Global Manager for Industry Segments, Fitness and Recycling. That's, that's quite an interesting combination. It's not one I would have thought of, at least, before. How, how do these industries overlap and what are the commonalities? Um, and are you pursuing sustainable solutions across the board or is it only Tamra and the work that you do with us? Yeah, so the combination, uh, I would say, has many common points. Both industries, I mean, fitness and, and, and recycling have very positive impact on our health and a similar approach to more sustainable products. In treadmills, for example, we have also improved the belt lifetime from one to three years, which means that the belt can make now 30 to 50,000 kilometers. And like in RVMs, we have limited uh, service calls and of course, CO2 emission. 
we work also with, with companies with a similar mindset to Tomra, and we are always trying to improve their processes, machines, by sharing our know-how, because we have experience from a wider range of, of different industries. And a good example are belts used in RVMs. They are made from uh, polyonephines, and polyonephines have excellent non-stick properties. So in a result, this result in lower amount of sugar liquids that can stick to the belt. And in RVMs, we have increased lifetime, but for example, in sweet bars production, we were able to cut cleaning time by 60 hours, of course, significantly lower the water consumption. This is how it overlaps across many different industries. And uh, although we are a small mid-sized company, we also implement ASG policy this year, and it's valid since uh, 1st of March. 1st of March this year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. So let's stick with that just for a second. You just mentioned you have your ESG goals. What, uh, what actions are you currently taking to improve sustainability? The ESG policy, the commitment is to be net zero by 2030. And we are measuring energy savings and have priority on, on this measuring. We also progressively switch to renewable energy. And today, at least 60% of uh, our affiliates um, is using renewable energy. And a quick example, our headquarter is already hydropowered for many years now. We are also reusing industrial heat generated during production processes. And where we cannot avoid CO2 emission, we will support uh, climate protection projects. So we, we look also for improvements in materials, processes, and products. In the processes, we have implemented waste and cutoff management in both our production and fabrication units. In production, we are increasing um, the usage of waste we generate just to get them back to the site. And in fabrication, where we make the final products, we monitor the level of cutoffs and exchange it between our affiliates also to use it more uh, efficiently. With materials, we will launch soon a new product. This is uh, made from a biocircular pump and we are actively searching for uh, other biomaterials. And my favorite products where we can be really creative and also I have some examples. So in recycling, with optical sorters, we have uh, developed polyurethane belts that increase the lifetime and reduce energy consumption if compared to rubber solution. In food industry, we have developed a low friction material that is used as a support for belts. So the amount of microplastic was reduced by 90%. With diagnostic devices, we can read and analyze the vibration on the line and prevent breakdowns by recognizing the problem in early stage. And last but not least, for airports distribution centers, we have developed energy saving products and we can reach up to 60% energy savings with applications. We really appreciate you listening to this episode and hope you're enjoying it. Still, there's always room for improvement and we'd like to get your feedback. Be sure to complete the survey you'll find on the description page of this podcast. Okay, so it sounds to me like you're more you're into not into recycling, you're into um, fitness equipment, and you're really all over the place, and that you're taking this ESG responsibility from all aspects, whether it's your product or products, but also how you operate. So you are indeed walking the talk at Hepacet. Yes, we, we have um, our own sustainable team that is working on it. Uh, I'm dedicated to fitness and recycling segment, but of course, sustainability is, is much, much wider. The perspective is, is huge and we have so many things to, to do to improve. 
Yeah, as it should be. Very, very good to hear. Alexander, there's something that I would like to go back with on you that you mentioned. You mentioned you're working together for a greater good. And here I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about the partnership, such as the one that you have with Habaset. What does that mean to you and how does it actually look and practice? Basically, in all my 18 years as a mechanical designer on polymer parts, I've been striving to push suppliers to deliver recycled content into the parts that I, that I have been designing, either in polymers or in steel, but usually I've, or mostly, I've been designing polymer parts. And every time, all these years, everyone is p pointing on each other and say, oh, we have to focus on internal cost and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the last two to five years, there has been a change. But uh, in a way, even though it has been a change, more and more suppliers uh, or producers talk about sustainability, the, the catalyst in a way has been missing. And the catalyst, in my opinion, is uh, that uh, we as a product owner, Tomra is a product owner, uh, we need to take responsibility both of our handprint, which is what our products do to the environment by collecting cans and bottles, also about our footprint. And our footprint is what our machines, our systems do to the environment, both upstream and downstream the value chain. And for me, it's like if you are a part of a value chain, both in a linear and a circular value chain, every part of the value chain has a linear flow of materials or value through their business. So the, the material comes into the business, go linearly through the business and out again, they sell it. For every part, it looks linear. But the enabler for a circular value chain is when all parts of the value chain start to work together towards this greater goods, which is the circular value chain. So between each part, something has to happen that leads back to the start in a way. And one way we want to approach this in uh, Tomra, we want to address actions upstream and downstream in the value chain for our products. And when we go upstream, we start to follow the materials or the goods that we sell or buy and then sell in our machines to see how we can contribute to a more circular value chain to, to bend those uh, transactions of the value or the material between each part. And how we want to do that is, of course, try to do collaboration like with Habasit and maybe other stakeholders. We need to just poke in the right direction or say there is something we can do here. Downstream, we in a way do the same because we sell our machines that uh, uh, do uh, very good on uh, recycling uh, bottles and cans. But we also want to take responsibility uh, of the materials and the energy usage downstream at our customers. And also at end of life, we want to take that responsibility to put the materials back into the loop. So in practice, we want all our materials that we use to follow a circular loop. And as I think it, my point of view, basically sustainability is an innovation enabler. And if you invest in innovation, you usually get some uh, benefits in the end if it's a regular innovation project. And investment on this innovation project within sustainability will deliver savings or uh, yeah, like other benefits in the end. But we need to invest in it. So I think for Tomra, anchored all the way from the board of directors down to the designers or the employees that are doing the job, we need to see the value of innovation both in the business models and in the technology and how we do it. And I think that's the key 
to a more sustainable future, we need to work together both within Tomra and externally. We need to find those links between every part of the value chain to make them not straight linear, but bend them so in the end it becomes circular. That sounds good. As we've talked about many times on this program, collaboration is key. From what you've uh, just explained, Alexander, it's a very holistic approach, looking both up and downstream and, and connecting uh, those endpoints so that we do have a circle at the end. Yeah. So as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation, Alexander, I wanted to ask you one last question. As you've mentioned, you've been doing this for more than a couple of years and for companies outside of Tomro, so several across the industry. What sort of advice would you give to young engineers and designers starting out? How can they impact sustainability? Well, that's a big question to wrap up with, <laughs> but uh, I can take the short version. And it, that's, it all starts with design. And that's the very short version to elaborate a bit on that, uh, because uh, what I mean with it is that a product starts its life usually with a concept. Uh, and if you have sustainability as part of your mindset from the very beginning, all the small decisions you take along the way of designing the product will enable more sustainable products. And this might feel a bit overwhelming. As one can see, there's a paradigm shift on how to solve design tasks. But here are three tips that I can give you to start the process. Number one. Listen to this. I'm, I'm excited. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's quite simple, but it's also very hard. You need to design all the functionality you need to do what it should do with as little energy use or service need as possible. That's number one. Secondly, you need to use less material. And why do you need to use less material? Like steel. Steel is a very sustainable material when it comes to recyclability. But less is more sustainable as steel is also heavy and not that sustainable throughout the value chain of steel. And what we know is that in new produced steel, it's only 30% content recycled steel. That's why we need to reuse less to uh, increase that content. And uh, tips is to use fewer materials with as high portion of recycled content as possible. And this will also enable an effective end-of-life management as it is fewer materials to handle. And it will give you a bit more easy way to a circular value chain. And when it comes to designing, these are the three tips. But I want to add one uh, final thing on that because there's one key element for me as I have been working with the product design for years. It is that you can design sustainable products. But sustainability has this other dimension as it even impacts the people assembling the parts, store personnel, cleaning the belts and service technicians taking the machines apart at the end of life, etc. All these uh, human beings have their work with our machines. So if we think of their sustainable work day when we design it, it will be also sustainable for the people that work with our machines. So overall, I think we need to widen the lens on sustainability. And I think designers that work in a company where there are products to be sold, they need to take this responsibility from the very beginning of their process. Basin, anything you'd like to add to uh, Alexander's three points? Three points plus, let's call it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's the what's the outlook on collaboration, similar to the one that you are involved with? 
Yeah, uh, what I can say, uh, great points. And um, yes, I fully agree with Alexander. It all starts uh, with design. And the designing can be easier and carry more value if we include different perspectives. So collaboration is necessary for expanding our views, developing new materials, products, just to overcome upcoming challenges. And working together on product co-development, I think this speeds up the innovation process because uh, in one moment, you have few perspectives. We have a vast perspective on product development for a selected industry. And even if we know this industry, then adding Tomara's view on a very specific application brings much more details to the game and also your customer's expectation. So I think through better collaboration, we can create more sustainable products easier. Uh, we can build more trust between organizations and show a single actions that counts, and I hope to inspire the others. I have no doubt. Alexander and Martin, thank you very much for coming on the program. I truly appreciate it. I know you're both very busy. And also thank you for making this world more sustainable and inspiring us to collaborate to get there as quickly as possible. We are definitely look looking forward to, to the success of your collaboration and endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me as well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating, subscribe, and turn on notifications to comment on this episode. Visit circular-economy.tamra.com slash podcast.